So hi, welcome to Good Noise Podcast here with Charlene Joan. We're going to ask her some questions today. I'm going to start. So what inspired you to start making music? Um, I've actually been singing and um, playing shows, I guess, all my life. Um, I grew up in choir and in musical theater. And um, my first band was in the fifth grade. And we only played one show, and it was the fifth grade talent show. And we sang, <laughs> we sang, we played a Fall Out Boy song. Ooh. And I've like, pretty much been chasing that high ever since. Okay. So um, I've always been, yeah, I've just kind of always been singing, always been making music, um, especially just making music with other people. And um, when I was in college at UCF, um, that was when I decided I wanted to start learning instruments because I was always just a singer. And um, yeah, that's kind of what really got me um, playing gigs. And I started it with open mics and um, yeah, just always been singing and making music, I guess. Okay. Awesome. Right. I have to ask out of pure curiosity, what yeah. Fall Out Boy song was it? Yeah. Um, our lawyer made us change the name of the song so we wouldn't get sued. Taste. <laughs> Taste. All right. All right. Good. All right. Good. good. Yes. You know it. Mm-hmm. So congrats on your EP, Carly, that you yeah. released in 2019. How do you feel about the response to it? Um, I was really pleased with the response. Um, and that EP was particularly um, pretty special. I was kind of holding those songs very close to my heart for years. Um, and then I had a friend who was like, hey, these songs are so great. Like, why don't you record them? And I was like, you know, I don't know why I've been like keeping them to myself. Um, so let's do it. And he offered to help me record them. And it just became a really fun process. Like the song um, Dapper Suit, recording that one was one of my favorite sessions because I just laid on the floor and was just strumming my ukulele. And like we completely recorded it just one live take like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it was nice to, to put those songs out that have been, um, like I said, just very close to home for so long and to have friends and family and fans online, um, reach out to say like, Hey, like, um, this really, this song really meant a lot to me, or even just asking like, what's this song about? Um, but I, I've definitely, I definitely feel overdue to put some more music out. And I've been, once again, holding some songs a little too close to home. So I am getting ready for my next release in September. Ooh. Ooh. All right. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about your writing process for, the, for that EP? For the EP Carly, um, so what's really special about those songs is they all kind of just came, like, hit me. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the song insane um the first song in that ep that's a song that's just kind of like um it's like a cheery pop tune but it's also very much about like me and my family and it was just something that i was driving and one day i was like like singing this melody and then all of a sudden like i was just kind of like humming along and the words just started flowing i was like i have to voice memo this like i'm driving and um and then um the dapper suit like that song was really it was just written about a man that i met in a dapper suit in new york city and the the meeting that we had like if you listen to the song it's really just a story but the way that i met this man felt just so profound that i was i ran home to my apartment and grabbed my ukulele and like wrote the song right away and it was just telling the story of how i met him and what he said to me and um 
Custom House Officer, that song was, um, the chorus of that song is actually some American propaganda that was being published in newspapers. And I read it in a history textbook in college and I was like, this is so freaking catchy. Mm -hmm. um, so I wrote my verses around the custom house officer, landing the tea, they tarred him and feathered him just as you see. They drenched him so well behind him before that, he begged for God's sake, they drenched him no more. So they started publishing that in newspapers because they wanted to, I guess, kind of just scare the custom house officer. Um, and they wanted him to stop working for Britain for the king. And I was like, this is awesome. I love this and wrote verses around it. Um, and then my song, Beloved, um, that is probably one of my favorite songs I've ever written. Um, I was, I'd been working at a summer camp in Georgia, um, like in the mountains of North Georgia um, in the summer of 2016. And I, um, I believe in, I'm Christian, I believe in, you know, a creator. And I just kind of sat down and I was like, you know, um, I want to write a song about my relationship with God. And that song just kind of flowed. Like I did, it, it just was like, I just started strumming and playing like a few simple chords. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, then the lyrics just kind of flowed. So my writing process in general is a very natural flow. I don't like to sit down and force writing. Like I know um, I have a lot of friends who are really good about like they schedule their own writing sessions and they sit down and they put work in. And I'd say I'm more of, I definitely, you know, I, I sit down and play every day because you can't call yourself a musician if you don't do it every day. Mm -hmm. You can't really call yourself anything if you don't do it every day. But, um, I have tried to sit down with like, I'm going to write a song right now. And if there's nothing natural flowing, then I won't force that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so I really do love to write when it's just flowing and it's there and it's, and it just feels the most natural, I guess. Okay. So. Sick. All right. So what band's influence do you think you can hear on that EP? Um, goodness. So, that EP, um, I'd say it has kind of like a rock, jazz, indie, folk, bluegrass kind of vibe to it. Mm -hmm. um, I think that EP specifically, um, it's got maybe some Amy Winehouse, James Joplin, Stevie Nicks um, kind of influence. I, I've grown up um, listening to all kinds of band and artists across all genres. Um, I definitely have a very eclectic taste. So um, it's cool that um, a lot of my music, I think, kind of goes across different genres. Um, but yeah, I think like Linda Ronstadt, um, she's a big influence of mine just because she she wasn't confined by genre. She would make, you know, whatever music she felt like making it when she felt like making it. And she would mm -hmm. say things like, you know, I just have to sing these songs. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how I feel. Um, I just, I sing the songs that I feel I need to sing and I share the music that I feel I'm meant to share. And, um, but I'm excited because the direction I've been going in, um, I don't know if you guys have heard my most recent single, Sad Sister. Um, but that song and the songs that I will be kind of putting out next have a heavier rock influence. Ooh. Um, and my producer that I've been working with on these 
these songs. Um, Harrison from Papstan, um, he has definitely, I think, kind of helped influence a heavier rock song, uh, rock sound for um, the, the new songs I'm getting ready to put out for the rest of the year and going into next year. So I'm excited. That's exciting. Oh, yeah. Um, so is there a certain feeling you want your listeners to have while listening to your music? I really like that question. Um, so I, I, I'd say a lot of my music has major themes about love and faith and belonging, acceptance, um, community. And so I just, I do want people to feel those things. I want people to know that they're loved and to know that they have purpose, to know they belong. Um, I want people to feel included. Um, so, but I, I just want people to, to resonate um, <clears throat> with, with whatever they might be going through. Um, and I do, I do feel that, you know, my songs will reach whoever is meant to reach them. You know, even if that's five people or 5,000 people, um, I do while I'm writing them, while I'm recording them, while I'm performing them, I am just trusting that these songs are going to reach whoever they're meant to. But I do hope that, um, the people they that they do reach that they will feel um they'll feel in that moment that they have purpose okay so oh all right wholesome so you mentioned that you're releasing a record next month is there anything you could tell us about it you mentioned it's more rock influenced and yes yeah. yeah so um I've, I've played it at a few shows because um, I, I like to play some songs and see how people respond live um, mm -hmm. before I even put out a studio version. And um, I'm really excited because the last couple of sets that I got to play before quarantine, I played the song and everybody was like, what is that song that you just played, like that you closed out with? Like, I love it. I'm so excited for the studio version. Um, but it's a very, very, very vulnerable piece, um, specifically this next song, I'd say. Um, it's it's probably one of the mo most vulnerable songs I've written, um, but it's really just about desperate, kind of de desperation and, um, you know, just wanting to find that place where we feel, you know, that we belong and where we feel we're accepted um, for our true authentic selves. Um, and then just kind of struggling with um, growth in the sense of trying really hard to fit into something, um, even if it's not genuine, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. So I'm trying to like give details, but I don't want to give too much away because I'm excited. Mm -hmm. But, um, but it, yeah, it's been really sweet working with Harry, um, working with Harrison, um, because I have taken some songs to him just kind of like me and my acoustic, like, hey, I'm really excited about this song and this is the direction I want to go. And then he's like crazy wizard man and he's like, awesome, let's do it. And we, we get in the studio and it's like just fast sessions where we're just like working hard and the songs are just like, we say writing our, writing themselves, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Um, but I also, I'm really stoked because my band, I'll like I'll be sending all of them um, songs and stuff as I'm writing, and then they'll send me like what they're thinking for bass and electric guitar and drums and 
Um, we've been bouncing demos off of each other. So to have the band collaborate with um, has been also really great for the writing process because there was a while where I was truly just independent doing a lot of this on my own. Um, and we've even, as a band, we've been writing some songs together too. So we've been considering putting out some of these songs we've been writing um, under a, like a band instead of just under my solo project, Charlene Joan. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, quarantine has been kind of cool because I have been writing way more and things have just been naturally flowing. So I'm just very eager and excited to get these new songs out and to share them. And um, yeah, I miss touring. <laughs> I miss shows. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's all very exciting though. Got a lot of things yeah. in the works. So exciting yeah. for you. I'm so stoked. Yeah. So where do you see the project in the next five years? Jeez. So quarantine and COVID and this pandemic, it really threw a huge wrench in all of this. Um, but in the next five years, you know, I would really like to see us um, doing tours much larger than where we're at right now. And um, <clears throat> I've done five tours so far. I started touring in 2017. Um, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that we'll get to, you know, have much greater opportunities, um, get to play some bigger venues, um, get to play some fests again. Um, so I feel I've been really grateful with some really incredible opportunities. Um, and it seems like every year and every tour is better than the last. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I would love to be selling out stadiums in five years, but I think if that's going to happen, then I'm going to need to seriously sit down and write out the steps to get there and how I'm going to do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a firm believer that, you know, if you set a goal, you have to, you have to somewhat kind of write those steps from backwards, if that makes sense. Like, okay, so you want to sell at stadiums? How are you going to get there? What do you need to do? Who do you need to connect with? What shows mm -hmm. do you have to play? Um, but yeah, and I also, so I have been, you know, proudly independent for a long time, but within the next five years, I would really love to um, connect with maybe a, even just a manager or a management company that can help us kind of take things to the next level. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think that um, bands and artists need labels. Um, I have never, never reached out to labels yet, but that doesn't mean that I'm totally opposed to it. Um, but yeah, with, with everything with this pandemic, I think, like I said, it threw a huge wrench in things because I was expecting that this year I would have two or three more tours. Yeah. And I was expecting to, you know, to be touring next year. Um, and I think a lot of um, artists, musicians, bands, photographers, manage managers, um, everyone in this industry and everyone in entertainment in general, not just music, but film and media, all of it, we are all, you know, kind of getting, getting, you know, to take a huge step back and think about, you know, how important this really is to us because there are bands that have already announced they're, that they're breaking up or that yeah. they are no longer moving forward together because they know that we probably won't get to tour 
maybe two more years. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. I, I hope we, we can tour next year, but until we can safely, you know, get together and play shows again, um, then it's going to, it's going to be a, a trying time of, of really putting the work in and putting the effort in. So I think, you know, this year and the next, it's going to be a lot of focus and emphasis on writing and recording and content and branding, marketing, like doing as much as we can online. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to maybe um, get like organized or be a part of something like um, I've seen some friends do like drive-in shows oh, yeah. and play- playing shows in parks and in fields and like just keeping people safely socially distanced. Um, I would love if we can have an opportunity like that. I, I did a live stream um, kind of when things got started and I think that was almost more nerve wracking than playing for a real live audience. But, um, but yeah, so these, these next two years, it's going to be a lot of in-house, you know, kind of focusing on, the music and um, the art and then you know once it's safe to get back on the road i'm gonna probably i you know i'm gonna probably try to do three tours in a year at least um before this started i was really um trying to manifest and start working towards being on an um being on a bigger tour package um having an opportunity to open for you know much larger bands and because um, I've had very successful tours so far, thankfully, and I'm very blessed for that. But um, obviously, we want to keep growing and we want to reach more people and um, have the even cooler opportunities. So those were things we were working towards. Um, and we're just going to, you know, take it all with a grain of salt and roll with what we got and hopefully get on those larger tours when it's safe to get back out there. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Hope you yeah. get to go touring again. Yeah. Me right. too. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. yeah absolutely. So, for the last couple questions, we're actually going to shift away from music and go straight to death row. So, if you're on death row, what would your last meal be with a drink? Oh, oh my gosh. Wow. Oh, this is crazy. It's out of left field. Let's see. If I was on death row, mm-hmm. my last meal um maybe like this is so hard i don't know this is such a hard question um i would say i would just want like a giant buffet of like if if that's an option if i can have a buffet yeah but i love food i'm vegan i would love to have like food from every culture so if i could have just like indian food italian food vietnamese Chinese, Korean, give me some Jamaican in there, I'm American, give me it all, like just French, I want, give me all the food you can mm-hmm. think of from every culture, because I don't want to, I don't want just one last meal, you want okay. I want Impossible Burger, like give me it all, um, but a drink, my last drink ever, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, well, I mean, if I'm on death row, I need something stiff and strong then, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so maybe like a seven and seven with a cherry. Okay. Seagram seven whiskey with some seven up and a cherry. Cause if I'm gonna if I'm going out, like go out I, with a bang. I, exactly. Right? <laughs> right? 
Um, a glass of wine. I don't know. This is hard. That's I agree. Very- Mix them together. Who knows? <laughs> you won't have to pay the consequences. Oh, exactly. No. <laughs> um, so if you could live in one fiction world for a week, where would you live? Um, I would be a Jedi. Okay. Solid. Yeah. That was such, <laughs> okay, a, that was that was such a quick answer. Usually he's <laughs> like, like hmm. right well, yeah. You said one fictional. I was like, boom, Star Wars, baby. I'm a Jedi. Let's go. All right. All right. Cool. It. Didn't even let me ask. Oh, so <laughs> Sith or Jedi. But okay, I see. I see. <laughs> I see how it is. Jedi for sure. Jedi for sure. <laughs> so I have the honor of asking the last question. And every <laughs> single person we have spoken to have said it's the most important question. Wow. Okay. What's your favorite color? <gasps> oh. Exactly. This, is, this is not no oh this is hard okay so my favorite color kind of changes a lot okay um, lately i've been really loving pink and yellow and like growing up i was like pink ew pink but now <laughs> it makes me so happy like i lately i've been like i want more pink clothes and like um pink and yellow have just been making me feel good so yeah i would but oh see i don't even <gasps> colors are great and they they they're awesome yeah. hell yeah um, yes, you guys are awesome thank you oh, you are thank as well you. uh as glory said that's all the questions we have today is there anything you'd like to plug um i would just say you know um check out the the, the music wherever you listen you know you can search charlene joan and you'll find all the songs wherever you listen online um I've got some music videos and cover videos on my YouTube channel. Um, I'm on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Um, so yeah, just give me a follow. And then I guess if anyone, you know, if, if they listen to this, then shoot me a DM and let me know um, that you connected because of the podcast. And um, I love, I love connecting with people. So um, anyone who's listening, if you want to reach out, I would love to connect with you. Um, that's why I do what I do. The music is, you know, I share my music because I want to connect. Um, otherwise I would just keep these songs to myself. So don't be shy. Um, and yeah, uh, look, be on the lookout for, um, the next single coming out next month. And thank you guys so much. It's been so sweet hanging with you and talking with you. And, um, yeah, I love what you guys are doing and I'm just very grateful that, um, you guys are such a strong backbone for the community, for the scene, for the industry. So thanks, guys. Well, thank you for that. And thank you for coming yeah. on. Uh, this has been Charlene Joan and we're the Good Noise Podcast. <laughs>